Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. God wants you to live in the light of who He is, not in the light of your limitations. He wants you to live in the truth and the reality that He is Almighty God and with Him all things are possible. He's not looking for your abilities. He's looking for your availability. He's not looking for your talents. He's looking for your yieldedness. He's not looking for all of your giftedness. He's looking that you present yourself to Him a living sacrifice. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and If one wishes to be used by God, they need to be fully available and sacrificial to His will. Pastor Ed tells us that our God is the Almighty and most powerful. Through Him, all things can be done. If we wish to see His great works done through us, we need to be open to His will. This means saying to God, I want to live for you in every way. Allow God to work through you. Tell Him that your life is His and that you are only here to serve Him. Do this and you can expect to live an extraordinary life. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Building in faith. Aren't you glad that you have a God that can make things happen? He's a shaker and he's a mover. He's a world changer and a life transformer. That's the God that we serve. Now, you've got to think what God is going to tell Abram now. Abram's 99 years old, and in the passing of 13 years, he may have worked out in the gym, but he's no stronger. He's frailer. He's weaker. 13 years have passed, and Sarah has aged along with him. The oil of delay didn't work on her. Both of them are older. And God says, Abram, I... You're going to have a child. This is well past the childbearing years for Sarah. Uh, It's a physical impossibility. The more you know about God, the richer your life will be. The more you know who he is and what he can do, and you experience his glory, the greater your life will be. Spend time getting to know God in his word. Spend time getting to know God in prayer. The quality of our lives is determined by the relationship we have with God. God wants to reveal so much more to us of himself. There was a well-known Chinese Christian evangelist, Li Lan Wang. And on the top of his letterhead, he had three verses of scripture that described his trust in God. These are the verses. Joshua 10, 13, the sun stood still. 2 Kings 6, 6, the iron did swim. And then Psalm 48, 14, God, this God is our God. The position of those verses spoke about the God who could do the impossible. 
Abraham needed a God who could do the impossible. What God told him he was going to do, it was going to be only performed if God himself came into Abram's life. Let me just stop here for a moment and to say, God's going to ask you to do things that you could never do in yourself. He's going to stretch you beyond the natural because he wants you to move into the supernatural. He wants you to see things happen in your marriage, in your family, in your life, that in the impossible, it would be impossible in the natural realm to happen. But we serve a God who is called El Shaddai, the God Almighty, the God of the impossible. 31 times God Almighty, his name is used in the book of Job more than any other book In the Old Testament was this name used, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, again and again. Why? Because Job faced incredible trials, incredible tests, incredible situations, and he had to know a God who is almighty. I want to serve that type of God. Uh, Sometimes what we do is we interview God. All right? I want a God who fits into my perspective. He'll allow a little sin in my life. He'll give me a lot of grace in my life. Not too many demands uh, other than Sunday morning attendance. You know, that's, that's about it. So we interview and we suddenly create God in our own, after our own image, instead of being created in his image. We create a God who will fit into our box instead of letting him explode our box and live in his universe. Uh, God is a God who desires to do incredible things in our lives. Nothing defines us more than the measure of our belief in God. Nothing defines you more then the measure of your belief in God, what you believe about God determines the way you live. What you know about God in the core of your being determines how you express your faith. Don't scale down those promises. Don't cut away at those truths in Scripture. No, allow God to speak for himself, the God Almighty, who can do anything and everything, who specializes in impossible missions. Now let God raise your faith, raise your faith to who he is. God not only revealed his name to them, he gave them a new name. Now, a name in Scripture, uh, this revelation of a new name in Scripture was very significant. In the Old Testament, names were just not given arbitrarily. Parents gave great thought into names, and sometimes they would change those names. A name spoke of a person's destiny and character, uh, the parents' hope for that child. Uh, When I have baby dedications, oftentimes I'll ask parents, why did you name your son that name? Why did you name your daughter that name? And sometimes they'll say because it was their grandfather or their grandmother's name or we're naming them after some person that we especially think in scripture or for some other reason. But imagine with me, it's dedication Sunday and we always dedicate children in the afternoon and the parents come up and I hold that child in my hand and I say, I know your parents called you Laura, but I'm going to call you Joan. I know that your 
Father has decided your name would be Justin, but you are called Joshua from this day forward. Well, I know what would happen. They would take their Bibles and they'd walk out and they'd say, we want to get out of this cult as fast as we can. (laughs) God says, I'm going to name you because I'm sovereign over you. I'm going to give you a name because I determine your destiny. God's naming this child or this person, this name, signifies his power and authority over their life. Now, just picture Abram with me. He's 99 years old, and it's been difficult living with his name. I mean, it's been real difficult. Caravans coming across his settlement, and of course he would sell them supplies, and he would provide drinking water for them. And as is the custom in the Middle East, uh, they would ask being in a hospital, well, they would be showing hospitality by asking all sorts of questions. Oh, tell us about your herds. Tell us about your flocks. Tell us how you came here. Uh, what's your name? Abram, father of many. Oh, tell us about all your children. How many do you have? Well, none right now. Uh, how old did you say you were? Well, I'm 85. Uh, Well, it got a little better after a while. He had Ishmael. Uh, What's your name? Abram, father of many. Well, how many children do you have? What are their names? How many boys and girls? Well, Ishmael, uh, just one right now, but uh, God promised me. Could you imagine the laughs, the jeers? Could you imagine the conversation behind those tents? But Abram continued to believe. He continued to trust. He continued to believe what God had promised him. Now God comes to him and says, I'm changing your name. It's going to be Abraham, father of many. There's Abram. He's out in front of his tent. He's changing the shingle. Word gets around camp. Abram's changing his name. Finally came to his senses. No more of those jokes about his name. What's his new name? Well, Abraham, father of a multitude. God can keep every one of his promises. He can keep every one of his words to us. Perhaps the most well-known name in our world today is the name Abraham. It's one of the most well-known names among religious people. The Jews know it. The Muslims know it. The Christians know it. We all know Abraham. See, God will keep his promise. And the God we serve is the God of the impossible. He is the God that performs what he says. Even if you have to wait a little while for it, trust him. Now, he he goes on to say, I'm going to change Sarah's name. In verses 15 and 16, God also said to Abram, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. You will name her Sarah. And then he gives this revelation. She is going to bear the promised seed. Now, remember, Abram has become attached to Ishmael. And he says, Oh, Lord, consider Ishmael. Let him be blessed. God says, I have a blessing for him. But he's not the one who is going to be 
your promised seed, the one who the covenant is going to go through. And Sarah will be a princess because kings will come from her. Nations will come from her. And God kept his word. King David, our Lord Jesus, the king of kings. See, God keeps his promises. And he said, I'm going to give you a son. His name will be Isaac. He will bring laughter and joy to your household. See, God does incredible things. He is in the process of changing us and transforming us. He wants us to step out in faith. And he tells us that he will guarantee his promises. Could you believe God for the impossible? and the incredible in your life. Believe in the turn that situation around. Believe in the change that circumstance that you're in. Believe him to meet that need that you have. He'll do it. He can do it. The God that you serve is not a God that's limited. He's a God that opens red seas and calls the walls of Jericho to fall. And so we're called to trust him. And he says, Abram, I want you to know who I am. I'm El Shaddai. I'm the God Almighty. And I'm going to give you a promise. And I'm going to help you see it fulfilled. I like what Oswald Chambers has said. We impoverish God's ministry to us the moment we forget he is almighty. The impoverishment is in us, not in him. Don't impoverish God's work in your life. Believe him when he speaks his word to you. Get into the book and let faith arise in your heart and allow him to cause you to live a supernatural life. See, God wants you to live more than just a rational life. Well, if I could figure it out. You know Let me just figure God out. Uh, This is what is naturally possible. This is what we could do in our human understanding. And then we draw the box. Okay, God, work in that. How many of you know God wants to come into that box and explode it and allow the supernatural to come into our lives? Trust him. Trust him. Believe him to do in your life. That which he wants. See, unless you begin living that way, you will never fulfill the purposes or the plan or the design for your life. Because God planned to do in you what you could not do in yourself. God planned to do through you what you could never do in yourself. God planned to do incredible things. And God planned for you to live a supernatural life. And unless you live that life, you'll never fulfill your destiny. God wants you to walk in faith. Now, there's a response that Abram had to this divine revelation. I think of the passage in Hebrews 4.13. Nothing in all creation can hide him, hide from him. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. This is the God to whom we must explain all that we have done. God sees it all, knows it all, hears it all. God knows all about us. There's nothing that he doesn't know. And then God says to Abram, Abram, you're 99 years old. Here's a nice palm tree. Here's a beautiful oasis. Here's a cap that you could put on. And here's a fishing rod. And here's some golf clubs. And you can retire now, Abram. No. He says, Abram, now I want your faith to stretch. 
Now I want you to believe me for even more. Now I want you to take up your walk with me another notch. Look at what it says in verse 1 of chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I'm God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. Wow. Walk with, oh God, how have I been, I haven't been doing too bad now, you know. I left the Earl of Chaldeas and, you know, I've learned from that Egyptian escapade and I've learned some things over here. But God says, no, no, the longer you serve him, the better you know him, the more you've walked with him, the more he expects of you. See, he wants you to be more and more like him as the journey goes by. So he says, I want you to be blameless, without blame. It was John Wesley who believed in Christian perfection. And as he defined it, he meant to love God perfectly and to be obedient to God and to not have intentional sins of commission in our life. And Wesley believed that it was often in a person's last maybe year months or weeks or days of their life, that they would reach this stage where they would experience Christian perfection. You know, God is saying, I want you to be perfect. I want you to start walking in a greater measure of holiness. It doesn't mean sinless. It doesn't mean without fault. But it does mean that you're growing in your experience with God. That you're walking in a more complete obedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. Partial loyalty is disloyalty. God is looking for a blameless walk. Erwin Lutzer has said, God demands perfection from his creatures. But if they will ever have it, he himself must supply it. We need not be concerned about how high God's standard is as long as he meets it for us. He is the God who will give you the strength to believe, to trust, to lean. Abram's going to be tested again and again. But you know what God is doing? God is making Abraham an example to his posterity. They're going to look back to him and they're going to name him as a patriarch. They're going to see him as the father of the faithful. And they're going to look back and measure their lives in a sense by his life. God wants us to expand our faith, to believe him, to walk before him. And then God says something else. He gives them this covenant of circumcision. Now, circumcision was a ritual practiced in the Middle East at that time. It wasn't something unique to Abram. But what God did is he baptized it in faith and gave it significance and said, this is the sign of the covenant. But it was more than the outward rite of circumcision that God was looking for, even in the Old Testament. For in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6, it reads, The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants, so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. See, God is interested in making a change on the inside, that we have the sign of the covenant on our hearts and in our lives and in our character. He's interested in who we are and in what we are and in how we live. And so he says to Abram, all right, I've given you this revelation. I'm the almighty God. 
I'm El Shaddai, I'm gonna provide for you, but I want you to do something for me. I'm gonna keep my covenant with you, I'm gonna keep my word to you, I'm gonna keep my promise to you, but I want you to walk a blameless walk. I want you to be circumcised as a sign of this covenant relationship. And so, and Abram, in obedience, did it. You know, in the passage when God revealed himself in verse 3, it says that Abram fell on his face before God. He encountered the Holy One, the Righteous One. Have you experienced his glory and suddenly been humbled by it and changed by it? Paul the Apostle talks about walking worthy of our calling. He talks about walking in love. He talks about walking as children of the light. God is wanting you to walk worthy, to walk in love, to walk as children of the light, not to fellowship with the deeds of darkness. See, we're called to be a different and unique people because we're responding to this revelation of who God is. And when we respond to this revelation of who God is, we begin to walk differently. And Abram suddenly, he's circumcising his household. His name is changed to Abraham, a father of a multitude. God wants you to live in the light of who he is, not in the light of your limitations. He wants you to live in the truth and the reality that he is almighty God and with him all things are possible. He's not looking for your abilities. He's looking for your availability. He's not looking for your talents. He's looking for your yieldedness. He's not looking for all of your giftedness. He's looking that you present yourself to him a living sacrifice, and he'll do incredible things with you. And just about the time you think he's finished with you, he may just appear and say, Abram, your greatest work is yet ahead. For our older saints, don't think that it's the service to God, the best years are the years that have passed. Your greatest contribution to the work of God may yet be to come. Here Abram is at 99 years old and says, Okay, Abram, now you're going to get the promise. Now you're going to fulfill the purpose. Now you're going to do what I want you to do. And a miracle is coming your way. So don't get the beach chair out too soon and sit by the sand for too long and just think, okay, I'm going to just have my lemonade now and let another generation do the work. No, no. Now, Billy Graham's very last crusade in all likelihood will be the crusade that he has in the month of June. There's information in our bulletins about that. But, you know, he's not really a great preacher. Billy Graham is not noted for his great preaching. He's not a great administrator, but he does have a great commitment to God. And Philip Brooks says this, It does not take great men to do great things. It only takes consecrated men. Is there anybody here that has a big God and is willing to consecrate themselves to that God and say, God, I'll believe you for the impossible. I'm a candidate. Here I am, God. Do through me whatever you will, whatever you want. Bring the contract to him. 
sign on the dotted line. Thy will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Are you a candidate? I am. Thank you for joining us again today as Dr. Ed Jones continues to take us through the life of Abraham here on Building in Faith. In the book of Genesis, we learn that God called Abraham to leave everything and, amazingly enough, he did. Abraham followed God because he was holding on to the hope that the promises God made would happen. He didn't see how he would ever even have one child, much less a whole nation, nor could he see the land God was promising. And there was no way he could ever imagine that one day Jesus, the Savior of the world, would be coming from his line. We know looking back that all of those things did come to pass. Is God taking you on a walk by faith into the unknown? Has he called you to do something that is bigger than yourself? What are the promises he's made to you? Do you believe that, like in Abraham's life, God will fulfill every one of them? We would love to be a part of your faith walk here at Building in Faith. If you need prayer as you step out in faith, give us a call at 845-462-5955. Again, that's 845-462-5955. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we want you to know how loved you are by the Heavenly Father you're following. If you'd like to listen again to today's message or hear other teachings by Pastor Ed, you can do so at buildinginfaithradio.com. Sadly, that's all the time we have for today. But tune in again next time to learn more about Abraham right here on Building in Faith. Your word